I've also hired people who looked really great on paper and then came in and couldn't actually do the job or couldn't do it to the level of standard that I needed in order to feel comfortable really handing things off. Welcome to Begin As You Mean To Go On. If you're a woman of color with a mission-driven service-based business and you want to increase your income and your impact without burning out in the process, you are in the right place. I'm your host, Karanda Adair, recovering WordPress developer, content marketing coach, and CEO of Carvel Digital. I've survived being a black woman in the tech industry, getting fired for culture fit, and gone on to build a thriving business. I want to show you how to work hard once to create systems in your business that continue to work for you as you grow so that you can not just survive, but thrive and live your best life. Let's get it going. Hey friends, welcome back to Begin As You Mean To Go On. Today, we are going to talk about hiring. And I have to tell you that I am as surprised as the next person that this is the topic of today's episode because I am far from being an expert on this topic, but I've been having so many conversations about it that I wanted to just share some things about my experience that I think might be helpful to you if you are in a similar phase of business. So before we get into it, if this is your first time with us listening to the podcast, welcome. So happy to have you here. And I want you to listen to this entire episode. And then at the end of the episode, if you found it valuable, please express your gratitude by going and leaving a five-star rating and review and going ahead and subscribing so that you get notified about new episodes that will really help us to stay relevant and help other people when they're reviewing this podcast to see if it's worth their time, let them know that it is definitely worth their time. All right, so let's get into it. I wanna start out with some disclaimers. Like I said, I am not an expert on hiring, but what I do have is an experience to share with you of going from May of 2020, I was effectively a solopreneur. I had a little bit of support in the terms of just like maintenance of my websites with a company I've been working with for the last five years, but basically it was me doing all the things. And it hasn't always been that way. I've dabbled here and there with hiring in different phases of my business. But in June, I really started to build the current team that I have now. So as of now, I have six people who are on my team working day to day in the business, doing some amazing work. Um, I have some amazing folks. And the problem that I've been seeing is that there are a bunch of very successful business owners, quote unquote gurus, if you will. And you might be hearing from some of those folks that like the only way you can effectively scale or the only thing worth doing if you're going to hire is to go out and hire a full-time person. Like hire that one full-time person because they're going to be focused on your business exclusively. They're not going to be distracted. They're not going to have conflict of interest. And that's the only way that you can really like scale and grow your business. And I am not here to debate that claim. However, what I am seeing in the marketplace with my clients and with folks that I'm associated with is that is a big leap for some people. So the first thing I want to do is caution you, like when you are looking for advice or when you're taking advice or evaluating advice, you have to consider the source because we are all at different places in our businesses. We're all at different places in our finances and our resources. And so you have to take things with a grain of salt and consider the source, right? And figure out what is right for you because ultimately, you know, the buck stops with you. I have some clients, I have just like folks in my networks where 
they're on, they're in that awkward teen phase. And if you haven't listened to uh, the awkward teen phase episode, um, I'll link to that in the show notes. It's a good one. Um, you know, trying to make that leap to just getting that first that first person to help you on your team or to growing a team can be just like fraught with peril. <laughs> and if you're, you know, if your background is not in hiring, you don't have HR experience. You know, some people, your background might be you're coming from corporate, you've managed a team or giant teams, you've hired people. If that's you, like, great. Really with this episode, I want to talk to the folks who maybe you started out because you were good. You had a skill that you were good at that you realized, oh, I can make money from this skill. And you don't necessarily have a business background, a hiring background. Like You're figuring all these different levels out as you go. And so that's really who this is targeted towards because that's really my experience. Let me do a little bit of myth busting, because I think the biggest thing that people talk about with regard to full-time versus contractors is you can't really make progress unless you have people who are just solely focused on your business. And there's probably some truth to that, but I'm actually really happy with the team that I have. I've gone through it and I've had some terrible (laughs) hires that I've made and I've had some amazing hires that I've made. And I would say right now on my team, every single person is awesome and they pull their weight and they actually are not just here to just do tasks. Like they care about the mission of the company. They care that they are doing a good job. And so there's this air of, if you have contractors, like they're not really committed to you. And, And I've had people tell me that like, upfront. I remember applying for um, kind of a, a VIP day where I was going to have someone come in and just focus entirely on our business for a day and help us get to the next level. And as they were interviewing and learning more about the team, one of the feedback items that I got was, well, oh, everybody's on your team is a contractor. So, you know, this really works better with full-time employees who are committed. <laughs> and I was actually offended on my team's behalf. And I went to them and I said, hey, this is the feedback I'm getting. Are you guys committed? Are y'all committed? And they were like, yeah, we're in it. And I think there's also a narrative of contractors are going to come in and they're going to steal all your business secrets and they're going to take your clients and just all of these things that are really based in mistrust, right? I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I don't think it's inevitable and I don't think it has to be the norm. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. So let me just talk a little bit about how I've built my team over the last nine months or so, because I think there's some alternatives and some stepping stones that might be useful for you if you're facing this challenge and you're overwhelmed. So there's three different ways primarily that I've that I've found my current team. The first way is just through networking and, and connecting with people. Like I'm naturally connected with a lot of nerdy people um, who are in the tech space. And the first thing that I needed was I needed someone who could actually implement the strategies in terms of automation and building landing pages and things like that. I needed people who could implement those things so that I wasn't stuck in the weeds trying to actually do the work because it's actually not even possible for me (laughs) to do the work anymore. I need to be focused on selling and strategizing and meeting with clients and things like that. And so just from the spaces that I hang out in, um, I was meeting people, especially Black women, uh, who appear to use a lot of the same tools that I use and have a lot of the same expertise. Like I would just set up coffee dates with them. And so I remember doing that with one woman and realizing, Like we literally used all the same stuff and some of it's obscure. And I was just so ecstatic, especially to find another black woman who was nerdy and was into automation and was into strategy and was using all these tools. And so when it time when it came time to actually pull the trigger and get some help, like I just went straight back to those folks and said, Hey, are you interested? I need some help. And so I have two automation specialists on my team who are day-to-day implementing automation both internally for our company and externally for our clients. And 
um, we're very similarly trained. We have the same mentor. So we're really all on the same page when it comes to the importance of documentation and building out the way we build out things. So I feel really good about having those folks on my team. The second way that I have found awesome people is from using agencies who really specialize in finding talented folks and training them and placing them in other folks' businesses. And this is a method that I've used for a long time in the earlier stages of my business when I just kind of needed a virtual assistant. I used a company called Outsourcing Angel. And at the time, they had an amazing plan where you could just buy a number of hours per week or per month. And they had you know so many different people on their team with different skills that you could just say, hey, I need this task done. And they would find someone on their team who had the skill to do that task. That was the ultimate flexibility and it was perfect for what I needed at the time because I didn't have to commit to paying someone 10 or or 20 hours a week in the business, which I couldn't really afford at that time. So that was actually really perfect for as long as it lasted. And then I think it wasn't a good viable business model for them. So they actually got rid of that program. And then I ended up hiring just like a dedicated virtual assistant. Here's the thing about doing, doing that kind of thing and having sort of an intermediary those companies have usually grown out of the pain points of how hard it is to find good people. If you're out here trying to hire on your own, especially if you're going to places like Upwork or Fiverr, like it's a crapshoot. It's really hard to find good folks. And so when you go to an agency like this where they have dedicated, made it their business literally to find these people and to make sure that they're trained and skilled and be able to place them in your business, it does a few things for you. One, you are much more likely to get someone who's actually qualified. It's not a guarantee, but it's a much higher likelihood. Two, if that person is not working out, you now have an intermediary to go to to either help train that person and help them rise to the level of your needs and expectations. Or if it's really not working out, they can take that person and remove them from your team and replace them with someone else. So you're not starting over totally from scratch. I have three team members actually who fall into this category right now. One is my marketing assistant and I got her through a company called The Digital Jane. And I'm just so grateful and fortunate that uh, I was randomly tagged in an Instagram post of someone who was shouting out black business owners and happened to be tagged along with Alice Foy, who's the founder of The Digital Jane. And I recommend them a lot. If you go to their homepage, you'll see my testimonials right on there. And uh, one person that I recommended them to said, well, yeah, but you know, it's like, it's really expensive just for admin work. Here's the, that's actually the reason that I had to record this podcast. Because if you have that mentality, like, oh, I don't want to pay, I don't want to pay that much just to have an admin or a VA. Here's the thing about, especially about the digital Jane and about other companies like it is that you're not paying that fee just for admin work. You're paying that because they assumed the responsibility of going out and finding those qualified people and training them and placing them in your business. And they also provide a level of support and a level of strategy that you're not going to get on your own. So it's not just, oh, here, let me put somebody in your business who can do data entry. It's actually having someone who can strategize with you and sit down with you and say, okay, what's going on in your business? What what is the biggest need you have right now? Let's implement a project to meet that need. 
Um, and that's how I got started. My Google Drive was a hot mess. And so we had we had a couple of different sort of emergency projects to get things on track. The skill and the dedication and just the willingness to step forward and take the reins and see a thing that needs to be done and do it is something that's just provided so much relief to me in my business. And I really, I needed someone who could step up. And now it's to the point where, you know, when I look at my Instagram, I'm like, oh, I wonder what's on there today, right? I have just completely handed that off, you know, and we we didn't start out that way, right? I have the pot of gold and that has my eight years of business content in it. And if you don't know what the pot of gold is, I'm going to link to it in the show notes, but you can go to carveldigital.com slash pot o gold and check that out. It's basically um, an Airtable database that I use to store all my content, like the asset that it is. So we started with that resource so that, you know, the person who's doing this work isn't having to try to like write in my voice. She's actually taking my content and strategically placing it based on my direction. So we started out with, you know, a little more oversight, but now it's just grown to the level where she knows my voice. I can literally say, here's the theme for the month. And then I don't have to think about it anymore. The reason that is so important is because I've also hired people who looked really great on paper and then came in and couldn't actually do the job or couldn't do it to the level of standard that I needed in order to feel comfortable really handing things off. You know, as CEOs, one of our biggest challenges is letting go of things. You've had this baby and you've been carrying this baby and you've been holding it close to you. And then you invite other people in because you're drowning and you're overwhelmed and you need help. But even with all that, it's still hard for some of us to let go (laughs) of our baby sometimes. And so you need someone who is skilled and who you can build trust with because they actually do the job that you need them to do. And I have experienced the opposite of that, where someone comes in and looks great on paper and comes in and really isn't doing the job. And let me tell you, there is nothing (laughs) worse than hiring someone, you know, because you're drowning and you're just, you're dying for that relief of having somebody take some of these things off your plate and realizing that they're not up to the job, that you still have to redo their work. So now you're doing their job and your job and you're still paying for them and then trying to strategize, okay, how do I replace this person? And the other thing is that sometimes we gaslight ourselves by saying like, wait, is it me? (laughs) right? Sometimes people come in and they're terrible. And I was just having this conversation with some of my, some of my business besties where they're talking about their experience with, you know, be it an employee or a contractor. And now that I have experienced having an amazing team, I'm like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. (laughs) You should be experiencing some relief from having people on your team, not added stress. So if you haven't experienced that, then it's easy to be like, oh, I don't want to pay $50 an hour for admin. Trust me, it is a steal compared to wasting, you know, one or two or sometimes nine months with the wrong person on your team, not pulling their weight. That is just, it's just so painful as a business owner to experience that, especially if you're just getting those first few people on your team and it's just been you doing everything. So, um, you know, you, you might have to learn this the hard way, but you could also just take my word for it. And the third way that I've found people for my team is once I got a few people who were on the team actually like doing the work, what I realized is I was spending so much time like managing those folks, even even with them, you know, doing a great job that you still have to manage folks. You still have to make sure that they know, have everything that they need to do their jobs. And so I realized I really needed an operations director. 
I was talking about this for so long. I was talking about it for, you know, a couple months. And then I realized I don't have the expertise to find this person. I don't have the time to find this person. And I finally realized I just, I needed to find someone who had that HR specialty and who had that knowledge and have them help me find the person for this role. And so um, I, I did that. I found Kimon Napier and I'll link to her in the show notes. And she basically ran the entire search process to find my operations manager. And it was dreamy. I basically, we collaborated and made sure that the job description was what I wanted it to be. And she ran the whole process. And then my job was to help narrow down, like, who do we want to interview as the final candidates? And then she was present for those interviews. Then it was up to me to actually choose the final person. Now, that said, the process was really dreaming. I still managed to make a bad hire because I did not have a test task as part of my as part of my hiring process. And so what happened was someone who looked amazing on paper came in and it was that experience that I was just talking about where I'm like, why am I not experiencing relief? Why do I feel like I'm still doing your job and doing my job? And what is it that you're doing? Like I wasn't getting the communication and you know, I did my best to communicate like, hey, these are the specific things that were in the job description. This is the parts that I'm not getting. And this is what I need to happen by this time. After a couple of months of that, I realized it's not working out at all. And I had to cut my losses and start over. I went back to Kimon. I made sure I had a test task this time. And I have an amazing operations manager now who really someone who's on a level who could come in and really direct a lot of the process of systemizing things in the business. And so what's great is that I can show up to meeting and she'll say, okay, today we're going to do this. We're going to map these things out. We actually have a business map, like all the tasks that are being done in the business, how frequently, who's doing them, do they need to be delegated? Do they need to be gotten rid of? You know, she'll take initiative to do all those things, to run our meetings. And it was actually a relief. I'm just so grateful every day for her because she's amazing. Once you have that contrast, <laughs> then it's like, it's kind of like dating where it's like, if you're dating somebody and you think, oh, this is pretty good. And then something happens and you break up and you date someone who's just like your soulmate and it's perfect. You're like, oh my God, I'm never, ever going to go back. So that's kind of how I feel about the team I have now. The other two roles that I have on my team from agencies are I have a virtual assistant from a company called ProSulum, and their mission is basically to help people get their SOPs in order. So if you listen to our episode with Veronica Jans a couple of episodes ago about systems and SOPs and heard us nerding out and you think, oh my God, I'd rather poke my eye out than have to do that, go check out ProSulum because they hire and train virtual assistants who are specifically trained in documenting your systems for you. So you can create videos to show what needs to happen and they will document it and write it out with screenshots. And so we had a giant project to really get all of our SOPs organized and move moved into ClickUp because I moved them from another service into ClickUp where we have our tasks. So that was a huge project that she did for us. And now that that's pretty much done, uh, she's able to work on other things in the business. And another thing that my operations manager did is she met with all of the team and found out what are their skills that they're really strong in? What are the things they like to do? Uh, what are the things they really don't like to do? And what are things that they want to learn? So when our VA was done with that SOP project, I looked and I said, oh, you're really interested in SEO. Great. Let's have you go through and learn some SEO and create a project around that that you can be involved in. 
on the one hand, you're not supposed to treat your contractors like employees. And there's lots of legalities about that. But when it comes to the relationships that I want to build with my employees and the culture and really having them feel like part of the team and being interested in their growth, in that sense, I definitely do treat my team like employees because I want them to be able to learn and grow in the role, whether like whatever the technicalities of their role is. Um, I just want to treat them like a team. There's one more role that I have, and that's a um, 20 hour a week developer on my team. And that's a role that I wasn't necessarily even seeking out. And that's because as someone who was a developer, I know how hard it is to get good developers. Um, and what happened was the company that has been managing my sites and my client sites for the last five years, GoWP, created a new program where they basically will hire and train a developer and place them on your team. And when I found that out, I was like, oh, well, I do have enough projects to warrant this role. I just didn't want to do the work of going through, you know, <laughs> and, and kissing a bunch of frogs, basically, to find this person. But I have a five-year relationship with Brad and with GoWP. Brad is the CEO and I trust them completely. And so when this opportunity came, I jumped on it. So I was like, oh, this is amazing. And again, you have that extra level of support where they're checking in and saying, hey, how are things going? Like, you know, is there any support, extra support that you need? And it's just really nice to have that. So, you know, this is where my team is at right now. And this is how we grew. And things at this point are going really well. And I'm not saying that I won't have full time employees in the future, but I wanted to share this because I don't want you to accept the narrative that like hiring full time is just the only way you can do it. And it's all or nothing, because I think that's a harmful narrative and it keeps people from seeking out help who desperately need it. I hope that's helpful for you. And I want to leave you with some do's and don'ts, mostly do's. Definitely do evaluate where you are in your business and what your priorities are when it comes to getting help. And the easiest way to do that is to do a time study. And that's when you just take a week or two weeks and you just meticulously keep records about what it is you're doing at every point of the day in your business. What that is going to give you is it's going to let you actually see, okay, these are the things that I'm doing and you can evaluate, okay, these are the things that I probably shouldn't be doing anymore. I probably should delegate these out. Or these are the things that like, really nobody needs to do this. We can just let that fall by the wayside. You can also look at like, these are the things I'm, I hate doing or I'm terrible at. So let me delegate those. And you can start to look at the pattern and group those tasks together and figure out like, what is a role that would fit the, that group of tasks? Definitely do plan and budget for this role that you need. Do some research to figure out like what you can expect to pay. And a great resource is to go back and listen to episode six with Megan Hale. Um, we talk about money mapping and she has some great resources for how to use profit first and start money mapping and budgeting and planning for the roles that you might need to support yourself in the future. And maybe you need to change your business model to actually be able to afford the help that you need. So that's also something to consider. Do realize that if you're going to DIY this process and you don't have experience in this area, it's probably going to take you a few tries. I mean, that's true whether you're new and even if you have experience, you know, sometimes we just, we hire the, the wrong people, but don't give up just because you get the wrong person. The right person is definitely out there and just have a period where you evaluate how it's going and just be ready to take action if it's not working and keep looking so that you get the right person because I promise you it is worth it. Do definitely start documenting your processes well before you think you need to. 
I've been a process and documentation nerd for probably at least the last four years, ever since I read uh, Work the, Work the System by Sam Carpenter. Um, so even when it was just me, I was making videos and I was writing down just, you know, how I did things. And that was helpful even just for me going back to it three or six months later to things that I didn't do a whole lot and having a record of like, oh, yeah, this is how I do this thing. Um, so if you're doing that, you're not going to be overwhelmed trying to document and trying to hire and trying to do all the things like all at once. A great episode to go back and listen to is the interview we did just a couple weeks ago with Veronica Yans from Business Laid Bear. She is the process queen. Um, if you're wanting to get help in this area, she is a great resource to help you systemize so that you can be ready for your new hires and so you can have amazing onboarding for them to help set them up for our success. Don't expect this person to magically cure all your business problems. <laughs> Okay. Often we wait way too long to hire. And by the time we do, we're so desperate that as soon as the person gets there, we're just want to be like, oh my God, here, save me. Okay. That's not going to set somebody up for success and it's not going to be beneficial to you either. So you want to manage your expectations and realize that even the most amazing hire, you are still going to have to do some work and some training and communicate with them and let them get to know you and your business and your culture and how you like things done. And it doesn't mean that you can't be nitpicky, right? It doesn't mean you can't hold your standards. You just have to be willing to communicate them. And that means that you're going to spend some time upfront doing that. And again, it's going to be well worth it. Um, and I have to say that my big win this week on the personal side is that I have a chore that I've been doing for a long, long time. And that is every two weeks, right before trash day, I clean out the cat litter box. I can completely empty it, wash it out, scrub it out um, and collect all the trash. And I've been doing it for so long. And I don't know why it took me so long, but I realized, hey, our cleaner can probably do this. <laughs> so I asked her and she was like, sure, I can do that. So I wrote an SOP for it. I did it exactly the way that we do our business SOPs, you know, why it's important, the locations of where all the, the supplies are that you need, the exact process that I use. It took me maybe 30 minutes to write all this out and uh, she did it perfectly and she thanked me for the explicit instructions. So that was a huge win. Even though it's on a personal side, I consider it a huge win for the business side because it's something that was just draining my energy and just causing me to have really hectic days where I don't get as much done. So that was a huge win. Don't be cheap. This goes along with the budgeting and planning, right? Here's the thing. If you just go and uh, hire some random person off Upwork or Fiverr or whatever, like you get what you pay for by and large, and you're going to have a much better time if you're able to pay a good wage or pay up for some of these services that are going to help you get someone who's more likely to be qualified, who's actually going to do the things that you need them to do. I can't stress this enough. I have done it both ways and I have suffered. And that's literally why I'm recording this episode is because I don't want you to have to go through that. Do as much as you can to hire as well as you can and pay as well as you can so that you get the help that you actually need. And the whole point of this is that when someone is freeing you up from doing all, all the things in your business, it should free you up to go sell, right? To go sell and make more money or to focus more on your client delivery and create amazing experiences for them so that they refer all the people to you. It is worth it. And then the last thing, and I talked about this a little bit already, is don't put up with having the wrong person in your business for months and months. It's just not worth it. And it just, it feels terrible and it, it leads to burnout because you're still having to do all the things. 
the contrast between the first person that I hired uh, for my operations and the right person that I hired is just night and day. And I'm so glad that I didn't, that, that I listened to my gut basically and said, you know what, I'm not experiencing the relief that I should be. <laughs> and so I need to make a change. And I'm so glad that I listened to that. So that is my experience that I wanted to share with you about hiring. And again, I want to stress that this is not my area of expertise, but it is a journey that I'm that I've been on and that continue to go on. And I felt like sharing it with you. Um, so I hope you found that valuable. And if you did, now is the time where you can go open up your app and leave that five star rating and review and subscribe so that you never miss any of our future episodes. And if you want to go one step further, you can go to carveldigital.com slash VIP and you can join the VIP podcast crew. And those folks get behind the scenes, extra private podcasts, extra resources that I share with those folks. So if you want to be on the podcast VIP crew, go to carveldigital.com slash VIP to join that. All right, y'all. This was a big one. I hope it was helpful. Thanks so much for listening and for your attention. Until I speak to you again, don't forget to begin as you mean to go on. If you've been listening to these episodes and thinking, I wish I could get personalized guidance for my business, I have good news. Content Bootcamp is my 12-week business bootcamp where I help you get clarity on the big three pillars of marketing, your audience, your offer, and your messaging but this is not just another online course. During our time together, we guide you through crafting a strategy that is specific to your business and then taking the actions that are gonna bring you the results you want. You have complete access to get help with whatever is keeping you stuck. And my clients will tell you, I don't hold back. Emma says, Karanda is a Swiss army knife of brilliance, always whipping out exactly the right tool exactly when I need it. I'm making some big moves in 2021 and she is a huge part of why that's happening. If you need someone to help you with your online business, hire her. She is my favorite decision of 2020. To get started, go to carveldigital.com bootcamp and tell us about your business. You'll get an invite to our next masterclass where you can get a taste of what bootcamp is like and get all your questions answered to see if content bootcamp is right for you. See you soon.